We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, February the 11th, 2020. On today's show, I break down South Carolina women's big historic, monumental win over the UConn Huskies, 70-52. to Dawn Staley and the crew gets it done in front of a packed, sold-out arena at Colonial Life Arena. I'll talk about the game, just what it means for Gamecocks women's basketball, the overall state of the Gamecocks women's basketball program, what Dawn Staley has built and is building, and much, much more. Also, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the recent football coaching changes. I want to talk to you guys about why, personally, y'all, I don't really think the recent coaching changes are that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. Also, some news and notes to go over and a fantastic conversation. Former Gamecock shortstop Bobby Haney joins me on this Tuesday, as he will each and every single Tuesday throughout the college baseball season, throughout the South Carolina baseball season. He helps me break down going into opening day, break down Carolina baseball, his expectations for this year, and much much more. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast sent to you by our friends over at New Ground Hard Nitro Lattes. Guys, let me talk to you about New Ground really quickly. This drink is absolutely amazing, especially if you're a big coffee drinker like me. Guys, they have two flavors, Cafe Latte and Chai Latte, which have 5% alcohol. So guys, you can't even taste the alcohol in these. It's literally that good of a drink. It literally just tastes like you're drinking coffee. It's a great drink that you can enjoy casually. You can also turn up with it at a party. You can have it at the tailgate. You can have it with friends. Whatever it may be, it's the perfect drink for any occasions. Like I said before, guys, these things taste absolutely amazing. And there's actually a big reason for that. They're made with real coffee and tea natural flavors, real sugar. They're imported from Holland. They're GMO-free. When you drink these things, guys, you can taste just how good they are. I mean, this is a drink that it doesn't taste manufactured at all. I mean, you drink it, it just literally tastes like coffee. It tastes like any normal coffee you would have. The drink is absolutely delicious. You know, a lot of time when you're drinking an alcoholic beverage, you're having to sacrifice taste for that buzz, if you will. With these, not so much, not at all. These things are absolutely amazing. They actually also have naturally occurring caffeine, in the cafe latte flavor, or you can go with the chai latte, which is caffeine-free. Uh, you can find the drinks all over the southeast from South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and in any stores like Harris Teeter, Publix, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, Food Line. I mean, literally anywhere. If you can't find the drink, ask for it because these guys are everywhere, and they are taking over the game. I'm telling you, these things are amazing. If you want to learn more, check them out at their website at drinknewground.com, and also be sure to follow them on social media on Instagram and Facebook 
at Drink New Ground for new, ha- for new happenings within New Ground. Again, that's New Ground Hard Nitro Lattes imported from Holland. Be sure to check those guys out, drinknewground.com, and on social media at Drink New Ground. All right, let's get into it. Phillips here's the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Got a packed show. We're talking Gamecocks, women's basketball, a little bit of football talk, baseball. We've got a little bit of everything on this Tuesday podcast. I tell you guys, it is content overload right now. Sunday and Monday, I'm not complaining, obviously, but two, two of the busiest days for me personally that I can remember. Um, ton of interviews coming you guys way. I mean, if you check out the spursupshow.com, we've got so many pieces of content dropping right now. I think yesterday we had 10 pieces of content drop. We're dropping seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 pieces of content daily. This thing is running like a well-oiled machine. Shout out to my team who's been helping me, but you guys be sure to check it out on social media, obviously with the spursupshow.com, obviously with the podcast that I do, but Man, I'm very, very excited for what's going down. It's only going to continue to increase, really, as we get into baseball season as well. But I want to start off with Gamecocks women's basketball. But before I do, I want to remind you guys of one thing. Friday, the Spurs Up show, opening day day tailgate. I'm going to remind you guys each and every single day because I want as many people to come out there as possible. The Spurs Up show, opening day tailgate, powered by Newground Hard Nitro Lattes. We're going to be out there outside of Founders Park at Image, Inc., okay? So if you're wondering where Image, Inc. is, just outside the right field fence, okay? Just outside the right center field fence, you see Image, Inc. You cannot miss their sign. You literally cannot miss this area. We're going to be set up there with a tent with the Spurs Up Show flag flying as well. I'll be tweeting out the location. If you're trying to come, you literally cannot miss it. But we're going to be out there from noon to first pitch. Um, noon to first pitch, going to have swag giveaways, merch giveaways, going to be food, drink, entertainment, going to have music. Also, from two to three, there's going to be a live pregame show, a live pregame show now out at Image Inc. from the tailgate. If you're not going to be at the tailgate, if you can't be there, obviously, if you're not in the Columbia area, no biggie. Going to be streaming it on Periscope. So I want you guys to tune in. There are going to be a bunch of former Gamecocks, former Gamecock baseball players swinging through going to be very casual conversation very fun I'll go ahead and throw out a couple of names for you guys Alex Destino Reed Morgan Bobby Haney maybe Joey Pancake maybe Forrest Kumis a, a bunch of different names a bunch of guys that I'm really rich Chapman maybe as well so a ton of names out there if you guys even just want to come out and meet and greet with some former Gamecocks come out and do it but we're going to be out there noon to first pitch two to three will be the live pregame show I'm super excited about this again to give away some free swag, to give away some free drinks, to really celebrate opening day. And this is something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do definitely periodically throughout the season. I want to make this a as common a thing as we can, as, as do it as often as we can, but definitely opening day. The Spurs Up Show opening day tailgate powered by Newground Hard Nitro Lattes. Guys, again, noon to first pitch. Be sure to come check us out at Image Inc. outside of the right center field fence. You literally cannot miss it. You're going to see us right there. So be sure to check it out. It's going to be a ton of fun as we get ready for first pitch on Friday at Founders Park. All right, let's talk about this women's game. South Carolina women get the dub over UConn 70-52. to 52. Man, I mean, what can you really say? You know, it's funny. 
you could tell who had a big dump in their pants Monday night on social media because I put out my post-game reaction clip. And I want to make it very clear. I was not throwing shade at all. I was not being disrespectful when I said that – when I yawned and said, wake me up when we get to the Final Four, ho-hum, no big deal. What that more so says is that, you know, people ask me a lot of the time – I get a lot of questions about the women's basketball program and, oh, how do you think we'll fare in this game and that game and against UConn? Dude, if Dawn Staley's at the helm, which she is, I have no worries here. I just – guys, I'm sorry. I have no worries. I have no worries. That game, I was not surprised at all. First off, kudos to the fans. A sold-out arena, 18,000 strong packed out the CLA. It was crazy to see. Unfortunately, I was not able to snag a ticket. It was unfortunate. I was not able to snag a ticket. But seeing it on TV was phenomenal. The announcers could not stop talking about it. Again, 18,000 strong. The biggest crowd, obviously, for a women's basketball game this year. But, I mean, the game last night was domination from the start. I mean, South Carolina, you hold UConn to two points, literally two in the first quarter. I mean, from then on, it was a route. It was an absolute route. You win the game by 18 points. Ty Harris, 19 points in the night, 11 assists. You look at Alea Boston, 13 points, 12 rebounds. I mean, top to bottom. I, it's just what Dawn Staley has built and is building is so immensely impressive. I, I mean, you, I, I just simply can't say enough. And again, it's not, a, it's not where I'm taking it for granted. I don't want anybody to think I'm taking it for granted when I make the comments like that, like the ho-hum, oh, ho-hum, see you in the Final Four. I just honestly trust Dawn Staley to that degree where it's like, dude, nobody's beating this team. Nobody is beating this team. The only way I feel like this South Carolina women's team loses is if it beats itself. It maybe it gets a little too big-headed. It reads its press clippings, whatever. It doesn't show up to play. It doesn't play its best game. There is nobody – that's going to line up their five against our five and just beat us straight up. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Gamecock shot 44% from the field, 36% from three. Really good night from the three-point range. Eight of 22 from three-point range. UConn shooting just 36% from the field, 24% from three-point range. I mean, South Carolina defensively, a suffocating, a suffocating performance. I mean, two first-quarter points. I know both teams got off to somewhat of a sluggish start, but you hold UConn to two first-quarter points. That set the tone right there and with the crowd. I, I, I knew from the jump. I, I knew from the very start that South Carolina was going to be able to control that one and win that basketball game. So, kudos to Dawn Staley. Kudos to her entire staff. Just what she's built um, with these freshmen. You know, a lot of people – I know one of the big questions was, oh, you have a ton of freshmen. Are they going to play like freshmen? Like, you know, what's, uh, what, what's going to happen with that? You know, there was a ton of pressure coming in this game because – you know, again, you had, I mentioned before, you had that Yukon Husky size monkey on your back, you know, in a sense. But, you know, just, just tip of the cap. Kudos to Dawn Staley, that entire group. I mean, this is a very, very special group of freshmen. And that's the exciting thing about it, man, is that, I mean, how is South Carolina not the favorite to go all the way, to go to New Orleans and win the whole thing? And they're just getting started. I mean, they're just getting started. This team is full of freshmen. It's basically all freshmen. This, this team is going nowhere. And you know Dawn's going to continue to recruit the best. So, I mean, you know, man, I, I would love for our other programs to model what she's done and try to copy and emulate what she's built. But uh, 
nah, kudos. I mean, a, a, a historic night at the CLA. You had lost eight in a row against Geno and that crew from UConn, but to get that win in the fashion they got it, to really bash in UConn like they did, um, just phenomenal. So kudos to Don Staley. Big, big round of applause, Don Staley. Phenomenal, well-deserved. Um, that was a lot of fun to watch, I know, as well. So I know we all enjoyed that. Um, all right, let's, let's move into some football talk here really, really quickly. I, I do want to talk about, you know, I touched on this a little bit on Monday's show, but I want to dive a little, be, little bit deeper in some detail in regards to these coaching staff ch- changes, if you will. Um, before we do that, I do want to talk about our friends over at Ag South Farm Credit because the show is brought to you by our friends over at Ag South Farm Credit. Guys, most lenders don't understand land financing. Ag South Farm Credit specializes in land financing and has been doing it for over 100 years. They make loans for small and large acreage, hunting property, timberland, farm and pasture land, even home mortgages and construction. They have a lot of, a lot of great benefits, including long-term fixed rate financing to 20 years, down payments as low as 15%. They have competitive rates and they pay an average of 25% of the interest back every year as what they call patronage. So they're cooperative, so they share in their profits with their borrowers. So guys, for example, on a $300,000 loan at 6.5% for 20 years, you would get back $2,770 each year. They have an experienced lending staff that knows land and knows how to finance it. Guys, whenever you're making a big time life decision, I don't know, some of you might be buying a house in 2020. You might be getting your first home, a dream home, you might be buying a plot of land, whatever it may be. But when you're making a decision like that, when you're going through that process, We all know it can be very stressful, very strenuous. You start to overthink things. You're spending a lot of money and you have a lot of questions. You want to make sure you have the right lender in your corner. AgSouth Farm Credit is that lender. They're going to be there for you every single step of the way, really holding your hand, guiding you through the process, there to answer every single question you may have. One of the questions they get asked most often, why are land loan rates higher than mortgages? So, Rates will be higher on land loans because they have higher risk than home mortgages. So variables like land quality, accessibility, location, if it has amenities or not, it can make the land more or less risky to lend on. Also, guys, the better your financial situation, obviously, the better your rate is going to be. So guys, if you do want more information on their land loans or really anything else, give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, or visit their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S. Again, that's A-G-S-O-U-T-H fc.com slash T-S-U-S, Ag South and Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 619-788. So again, their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S, or give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. All right, like I said, let's talk about these football coaching changes. I know I touched on this on Monday's show a brief amount, but, you know, Monday's show was more so focused around, you know, the baseball season preview. And we had a ton happen over the weekend. And maybe I didn't give it quite enough, quite as much attention as I feel it should have gotten. But I do want to address it um, because I've seen a lot of stuff, a lot of different reactions on social media about what this means for the program. Um, the reactions to, as you guys all saw, I was going to get into it in the news and notes, but Tracy Rocker hired as the defensive line coach from Tennessee. A lot of different reactions to his hiring. And again, just what all of this means. What all of the shuffling within Gamecock football means. And you guys might be very surprised at my take on this. I don't think it's that big of a deal at all. Like, I think people are actually blowing this way out of proportion. Guys, let me put it to you this way. This upcoming 2020 season that has everything riding on it with all the pressure, 
We all know what's at stake. If it does not go well, there will be a full cleaning of the house if things do not go well in Columbia fall of 2020. These coaching changes, to me, don't have any impact on that. I mean, listen, guys. I understand you want to have a solid staff. I'm a big believer. Please do not take that out of this, that I don't believe that you should. You need to have a solid staff. You need to have a good staff to have a good football program. No doubt. I mean, you look back at the Spurrier years. One of the things I give him most credit for is that that staff, one of the best in the country, if not the best. He had a phenomenal staff surrounding him. But, guys, how many of you are going to look back? If we go eight, let's just say we go seven and five or eight and four this fall. Are a bunch of people really going to look back and say, you know what, the reason we went eight and four is because we hired that damn Tracy Rocker from Tennessee. That, you know what, that's the hire. That one pushed us over the top. And the reverse is true. If we go four and eight, are you guys going to complain and say, ah, you know what, I think Muschamp's still the guy. He did a good job, but oh, I think we just missed on that defensive line coach hire. Or, you know, we missed on that running back coach hire. That, that was the hire that we screwed up. Well, We'll try again. Like, no. Like, I don't want to sound like a complete asshole talking about these coaching changes and these coaching hires, but, I mean, do they really matter? Like, in the grand scheme of things? The 2020 season is going to come down to two things and two coaches. Let me say that. It's going to come down to two coaches, Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo. You could maybe throw T-Rob in there, but we know it's Will Muschamp's defense. It's going to come down to Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo. And I'll add a third, Paul Jackson, the health of the team. Because obviously, if we're not healthy, we're not going to win a bunch of games. It's going to come down to those three guys. Can Paul Jackson get us and keep us healthy? Can Will Muschamp coach us up defensively to have, a you know, I'd say another good year? And almost most importantly, I would say, can Mike Bobo get this offensive scheme figured out, get Ryan Linsky rolling, whoever the starting quarterback is, and get us to figure it out offensively. That's it. I think the, the takes from fans that, you know, it's crazy because I'm as critical of Muschamp as I am. I mean, you guys know how critical. Everybody knows my feelings on Muschamp. I still don't think he's the guy. I still don't think he's the guy for South Carolina. I would have liked him to move on from last season. I, I would have. I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I still don't think he's the guy. But – I, I will say, in all fairness, these coaching staff changes, it's not an indictment on the program. It's not an indictment on Will Muschamp, even. It's just the business of college coaching, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't think – I just think, you know, we're, we're at a time right now – let me tell you this, guys. We're at a time right now where football truly is king in the South, right? It's truly king in South Carolina. There, there, is, there is no – question about that as much as I love baseball as much as some people love basketball and I love basketball football is what dominates the southeast and dominates South Carolina right it's our bread and butter it is the the number one sport at USC and basically every other school in the southeast no question and that's a great thing no no big deal whatever that's awesome that's awesome so when you have a bad year in football okay like we had a four and eight season morale is just low at all times. I've just noticed that from South Carolina fans. Fans let the result of football carry over into everything else, literally everything else. That's why I think we're seeing a lot more pessimism about baseball than we have before. 
And granted, listen, I, I'm not trying to change the subject or change the conversation necessarily because I know baseball stunk last year. I get it. But you can just tell, like, the demeanor changes. Like, if we went 8-4 and four last year in football, there'd be a much more positive, upbeat tone throughout the fan base in just all walks of life. I'm not even just talking about football, just in, just in everything. But I think what it causes, what it causes is when the smallest of things happen for people to freak, to freak out. And this is one of those things that I would label as a small thing to happen. Guys, coaches come and go. It's the business of coaching. Again, I know I talked about this a little bit on Monday, but coaches come and go, guys. You know what's in it? Yeah, hey. And a lot of you, I think it's so funny, people saying, well, this is, this is the thing that shows the program is spinning out of control. Guys, going four and eight is spinning out of control. That, that's showing the program is spinning out of control. Not because the running backs coach left. I mean, not, not because the wide receiver coach left or the defensive line coach left. You know, and, and then listen – I'm not saying I'm not telling anybody how to how to act or react to news or anything like that. But what I think so funny is, you know, you, you, I'm not going to name any names, but you see some people, you know, that have quote unquote sources, if you will. You know, it's it's sources season, guys. If you, guys, if you didn't know that, it's sources and rumors. People people on Twitter right now are big with sources and rumors. It's it's funny. More there's more people with sources and rumors than I think actually have Twitter accounts. But uh, you know, these people that get so fired up with these hires, like Tracy Rocker, a solid hire, definitely. From what I saw of him, he's a good hire. But I'm not sitting here about to throw him a parade. Like, okay, he's a solid hire, and that's great and everything, and we filled the role, and, you know, I'm happy about that. And I think we – another guy from Tennessee, we filled the role of, uh, of the uh, director of recruiting or whatever it may be. You know, we filled the role. But, guys, if we don't win seven or more games, they're not going to be here anyways. I mean, and if Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo don't coach well, we ain't going to win seven games. And even if they do coach well, we, we might not win seven games. So – What's all the hoopla about? Seriously, what's the hoopla about? I mean, again, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's it's news. I don't get me wrong, it is news, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal, in a sense. And I'm sure people are gonna spin that and take it completely the wrong way, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Like I just don't think, and it's certainly these guys leaving and getting replaced. It's not an indictment. The program's spinning out of control. I, I just don't agree with that narrative. I, 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 don't, I don't buy that narrative. You know, I, again, losing to UNC and App State last year was the program spinning out of control. <laughs> I mean, if that's the direction you want to go. But some coaching changes? That's college football. That's, that's just football in general, man. It happens. Like I said yesterday, two guys went to the NFL and one got an extension and a raise. Would you not take it? You know, and that, that's one of the other funny things I've seen is people saying, oh, these guys had no loyalty. Loyalty? Like, what? This is business. Thomas Brown played at Georgia. What, what loyalty would Thomas Brown – Brian McClendon played at Georgia. But what, what loyalty do these guys have? What do they owe us or owe anybody for that matter? You know? You know, I, I'd even go as far as say the people that are saying, oh, you know, I, I feel so bad for the recruits and stuff like that. I mean, dude, your position coach changes constantly in college. I mean, it's going to happen. You know, 
you've still got the same head coach, you've still got the same DC, and you've still got the same OC. That's really what matters. I mean, I know the position coaches are important and everything. I'm not trying to take away from that how important they are. But I just – I really, guys, just genuinely don't think it's that big of a deal. I just – I really don't – I don't think it's an indictment. The program is going down the tube. Again, there are many other things I could point out that if you want to – that if you want to point out that the program is going down the tube under Will Muschamp, boy, I will start listing them off. But some coaching changes, ha, I just, you know, I don't think so. I, I really don't. So – Again, we can agree to disagree. If you if you guys want to leave me your feedback, I, I would love to hear it. But to me, I, I mean, I just again, it, it's something that I just I've seen a lot of fans getting worked up about it, and I don't think it's necessarily worth. Again, it's worth the hoopla, for lack of a better word. I just really don't think it's worth that hoopla. I don't know if you guys catch that reference from SpongeBob, but hoopla. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I feel about it. So. Um, all right, let's get into some news and notes, and then we'll get into this conversation with Bobby Haney. Really excited for you guys to hear that. News and notes, like I mentioned, Tracy Rocker hired as the defensive line coach from Tennessee. Solid pickup, good hire, really well-respected, a guy that's been around SEC football, um, has put a lot of guys in the league. You know, I think it's a good hire. I don't think it's a bad hire. I think it's a good hire. We'll see the type of impact that he has, but, you know, overall, I think it's a, a you know, you may have even upgraded. From, from John Scott Jr. I don't know, but Tracy Rocker. By the way, fun fact about Tracy Rocker, he is the father of Kumar Rocker, the right-handed pitcher at Vanderbilt that's gonna, probably going to be one of the top MLB draft picks. I, I don't know if you guys knew that, but uh, that is his son. So very interesting stuff there. Um, another piece of news on a really serious note, uh, former Gamecock second baseman Justin Rowe, Justin Rowe diagnosed with stage 2 Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, which is obviously cancer. So guys, Take your take take a second whenever if after the show right now whatever just do yourself you know do do everybody a solid pray for Justin Rowe pray for his family um, obviously it's a guy you know Justin watching him on the field you know a guy that battles I mean just battles and fought and was a scrappy dude expecting to fight and beat this as well but obviously very serious stuff stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma be sure to say a prayer for Justin Rowe and his family um, and then lastly Jermaine Kuznard. SEC freshman of the week, man. Kuz just continues to rack up those accolades, man. He's a guy that I know I had high expectations for him, but he has definitely surpassed those this season. So, again, round of applause, Jermaine Kuznar. Fantastic week uh, a week ago. All right. Like I said, very excited. Bobby Haney going to be joining me not just this Tuesday, every single Tuesday throughout the baseball season. I know my boy Bobby's so thrilled, too. <laughs> I know he's so thrilled if he's listening to this, but no. Um, going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be breaking down Gamecocks baseball each and every single week. I think it's going to be great for you guys, the fans, the listeners, to get the players' perspective, especially from a guy like Bobby that obviously, you know, played on one of the best, if not the best, Carolina baseball team in school history, you know, won the national title. He's seen good baseball. He knows what it takes to have a team to go all the way and win it all in Omaha. So I think getting his perspective is going to be really, really, really cool. And, you know, with everything especially that happens – throughout a baseball season, he's going to be able to give a lot of great insight on just what is going on. Maybe some things that the casual fan doesn't see. Maybe some things that, you know, that I don't see, that obviously I don't see. So I'm very excited for what Bobby can bring to the show. Again, that's going to be each and every single Tuesday. And it's brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Guys, 
whatever ticket, whatever you may need tickets to, whether it be South Carolina baseball, opening day is obviously Friday, games all weekend. If you need tickets to that, they're still available. We've got Gamecocks basketball this weekend at home, um, concerts, comedy club events, professional sporting events, whatever you need tickets to. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, like I said, They've got tickets to literally anything and everything. They got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. So again, you're never going to have to scalp tickets again. But more importantly, when you're online buying, you know, one of the questions you always ask yourself is, where am I sitting? What's the value of these seats truly? Especially when you're buying them on the secondhand market, you know, you just never know what somebody's trying to charge you versus what they're worth. SeatGeek takes care of all that for you. They really alleviate all that pressure. They give you that peace of mind before you click the buy button. So you know that when you do click purchase, you're getting the best, the absolute best bang for your buck. You are getting the best bang for your buck. You're saving the most money. You're getting the best value. So you can just go to the game, enjoy it, and have a good time. Honestly, it's that simple. So again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app, go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. All right, guys, enjoy this Tuesday conversation with former Gamecock shortstop Bobby Haney. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show, as you will, each and every single Tuesday during baseball season. Obviously, we're getting it kicked off this week, opening day, just three days away now. Friend of the show, you've seen him before on the podcast, former Gamecock shortstop and 2010 national champion, Bobby Haney. You might be familiar with him, Bobby. Appreciate it, my brother. I'm looking forward to a very fun season. We're going to have a lot to talk about, obviously. And you guys are probably familiar how we did this sort of similar in football with Alex McGrath. I want to do it for baseball as well, Bobby the perfect guy to bring on again. He's local, breaking down Gamecocks baseball. So uh, let, let's dive right into it, Bobby. I mean, we'll talk about sort of just the pressures going into this season. And you were a guy that when you played at Carolina, you know, you learned very quickly and immediately just how much pressure there is at South Carolina with the rich tradition, the history, being a Carolina baseball player. You know, just, just talk about what that pressure was like because, again, it's even more amplified this season, I feel like, with South Carolina coming off what was – and you know, just let's just call it what it is – an abysmal 2019. I mean, this, this fan base – I'm literally getting people asking me, hey, if we don't make the College World Series this year, should we fire the head coach? I mean, stuff like the pressure is outrageous at South Carolina, but how do you and your teammates – like, how did you guys embrace that when you were here? Because, again, it, it's something that it can either eat you alive or it can fuel you. So, I mean, how was that something you guys were able to sort of channel, if you will, the pressures of – being a Carolina baseball player. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it fueled us being, you know, having come from a junior college, uh, you had me, uh, 2009, you had me, Justin Dallas, um, couple, I had Adam Matthews that was on earlier. Um, couple, couple freshmen and a couple of Juco guys were coming in. So we were, we were pumped. We didn't know what this was going to be like, but 8,000 plus in the stands packed out because it was a new stadium. So if you can't get jacked up for that, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what's going to get you going, but um, no, it was amazing. The fans, the fans are incredible. These, 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 uh, these players got to know, you know, what's at stake here, but it's, it's for the, it's for the community. We run on baseball and football, football's first, right. obviously of football course, first. Course. Yeah. Football's first in this town. I think baseball is second mm-hmm. and um, we gotta, we gotta come out. We gotta come out hot. We gotta come out hot, ready to go and take care of business against these teams. No offense to these teams that are coming in from, you know, the Northern part of the region, but, <clears throat> we got to take care of business and come out hot, but yeah, no, uh, I think college world series is a little, yeah, a little far fetched. Um, after last year, I think the goal is let's try to get back on track. We're uh, you know, our rotation is better than 
it was in the last couple of years. So yeah. I think we'll be ready to go. Get, getting back to the postseason. I mean, I, I think you'd probably agree with this, but I'm just someone that will die on this ledge that South Carolina baseball, I, I mean, it, it sounds a little absurd, but I just think in my, like you should never miss the postseason. You, you have the fan support, you have the facilities, you have the coaching. I mean, you have the talent you're recruiting at a top five, top 10 level every year. Like, I know you're going to have those one-off years and everything, but, you know, I was talking with somebody uh, a couple weeks ago just about, you know, when's the last time South Carolina baseball had back-to-back bad seasons. And, I mean, it's been since pre-Ray Tanner, maybe his, like, first year or so, like way back in the mid-'90s since Mm -hmm. it's happened. So I just think the pressure on this year, um, you know, is even a little more amplified than what – I mean, listen, I I think about, like like I said, your your first year or your year at Carolina, I mean – South Carolina was coming off like a brutal loss in the regionals, the mm-hmm. ECU. And even yeah. then, I mean, it was – people were asking, oh, is Ray Tanner the guy? Like, is he – I mean, it's just like crazy how much – I mean, we're talking about Ray Tanner, a guy that had taken South Carolina to the College World Series and been so close to winning it all. But it's just – at Carolina, you set that standard. It's, it's you know, kind of – it can get to some fans' heads, I guess, a little bit, you know. Yeah, two, since 2000, right? 2000 yeah. or, the, or the late 90s, you had, uh, yeah. you know uh, – Bondurant and Taylor and Busher and Landon and you know then you got Smoke Havens Disher and then we came in the new wave was coming in and it was you know Morales Dallas uh, you know uh, John Taylor uh, Roth you know Blake and Dyson were there for a while but it starts with the pitching man it starts the it starts with the recruiting it starts with the pitching you know let's get something going Um, and you know let's let's come out let's come out hot but uh, you got it you got to be motivated to play in front of these fans. Yeah, there's, there's no. I, I want to start with the pitching side of things because I'm I'm really encouraged with the pitching. You know, we were talking a little bit off here. Obviously, I mean this, what you see in scrimmages, I'm the same way. You take it sort of with a grain of salt because it's a lot different when you get out there in front of eight thousand fans on a Friday night against Vanderbilt or Georgia. I mean, I, I was just looking at the schedule. You play at Georgia, at Vandy, at LSU. Like, you know, you're gonna find out who you really are in those moments. But you know, you talked about some of the front line guys you had, and I think back to 2010 again with Dyson Cooper. Obviously, Roth was 2011, but he came on. I mean, I think this year's guy, no doubt, and I don't think anybody would debate, is Carmen Majinski. I mean, big, big, tall righty, a guy that's been ranked top 10 prospects in 2020 college baseball by D1 Baseball, who we had Kendall Rogers on. And he talked a lot about Majinski and just a guy that, again, is, is you know, 95, 96, 97, got, you know, wipeout breaking ball, you know, plus changeup. He's added a cutter, which I think is going to be a huge addition for him. But just talk about the importance of – you know, because I, it, it rubs off on the entire team, I feel like. And I think that's something South Carolina missed last year when he went down. They never truly had that Friday night guy step up. And they had to shuffle tons of guys in and out. We're talking freshmen. Mm-hmm. We're talking new guys that just maybe weren't necessarily ready for that role, especially when, you know, you're going out there. And granted, your guy might be throwing 90-91 as a consistent dude for you. But when Emerson Hancock's on the other side, he's throwing 98. I mean, you just don't. You know, just talk about when you're throwing your ace out there, how much the team believes, too. Like, I feel like it, it's a different mentality. Like, when you guys had Blake Cooper, it was every Friday. You're like, <clears throat> we're going to battle with our best dude, and we're, you know, our best is going to beat your best. Just, I mean, what's – I guess how big of an advantage is it going to be for this South Carolina team this year to have Majinski back and 100% and fully Huge. Healthy? Yeah, huge. Injuries were a huge part of, you know, the downfall last year. But just having that, having that battle – on that Friday night game, you know, that 2-1 game, that 3-2 game. Saturday and Sunday, you might have a little bit of a, you know, a hit fest going on, you know, a slugfest. But, you know, Friday night coming out, like you said, battle with Blake yeah. Cooper. We, we had, I think we had an old Miss game. It was 0-0 yeah. going into the 10th or something with uh, Pomerantz. Uh, Pomerantz. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. So, just just to be like, all right, we got Carmen. I mean, we don't need a score of five or six. Right. 
we don't need we don't need six seven tonight we need maybe three or four but you know let's get through six or seven innings and we got a good shot so I mean when you have a Friday night guy you're able to battle those guys like you know Hancock on uh on Georgia and LSU's guy and no, Rocker on Mandy's and Kumar but Rockers. You got a chance against Rocker. You got a yeah. chance when Carmen's yeah. healthy. Yeah, that, that's what I've been hearing about about this kid. So, you know, let's 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 see what he's got, and but just keep him on the field yeah. like T.J. Hopkins last year. If he stays <clears> on the field, he's going to do something special. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I'm really excited for Carmen. I mean, listen, I, I think he's probably the biggest key in this cog as far as if. Carmen Majinski has a good year or the All-American type year that I think he can have, this team will have a good year. They they will go as he goes because you look at last year, and I talked to a lot of people about last year, you know, just, you know, people like, what happened? Why was it so bad? I mean, there were a lot of things you can point at. I mean, basically worst ERA and worst average in in the conference. I mean, you're not going to win many series doing that. But if you literally just add in a healthy Majinski, just that, like I literally think it probably – it may – add four or five, maybe six wins. I mean, yeah. literally, it's that drastic of a difference because you're just not going to win many series starting out 0-1 in SEC play. I mean, I mean you know, it's it, – again, you, you know, th- those guys on Saturday, Sunday, you talk about it can be a hit fest. But, I mean, there's – you know, the, the best teams have got studs all three days pretty much. Maybe the Sunday guy's a little bit lacking, but, I mean, Georgia's three deep. Vandy is yeah. three deep. Florida's probably going to be three deep in that weekend rotation. So, I mean, it's – you know, it's really tough. You talked about TJ Hopkins. I want to move to the hitting side of things because, you know, obviously that's a big name you got to replace. I think out of all the guys, all the position players, that's the guy that I'm really looking at and saying not so much even his on-field, not even his statistics necessarily, but, you know, it's funny. I've referred to him many times as like Mr. Gamecock. I mean, he's a guy that grew up a South Carolina fan, played four years at Carolina, you know, able to come back from the injuries and, you know, have a a pretty solid year a year ago. Just who's going to step up? and be that clutch guy you know who's going to be that leader in the locker room like what what do you I guess you're you're a coach now you you can answer this from a coach's perspective too like what do you look for and I know they're younger guys but what do you what are the characteristics the traits you look for like can you really coach a kid to be clutch can you coach a kid to embrace the moment and want the you know want the bat in his hands when it's two outs runner on third you're down by one in the ninth inning like like it, what do you look for to find a kid like that? Yeah, like who's going to be in that center field position where those guys take charge? You know, you got your center right. fielder, your catcher, and your shortstop. So when those positions are strong, kind of like when we played, you had, you know, you had Jackie and, you know, me and Wingo, and then you had, you know, Blake on the mound or, or Dyson on the mound, Roth on the mound, and, you know, catching as well. Enders, those guys kind of led the team. Or even a leadoff guy, you know, Wit got it going. What right. was that guy setting the tone? Yeah. Um, Leadoff guy last year, I think. Well, Hopkins was in, in and out, probably that spot. But um, you need that leadoff guy to get stuff going. I think you're going to see a lot more <clears> – a <throat> little more bunts this year, a little more small yeah, ball maybe with some Juco guys coming in <clears throat> to help us. I love the word Juco when I hear it because, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what we were doing in 08, 09, and 10, and they did it, you know, early 2000 as well, um, some of those guys. So I think that's going to, you know, shake things up a little bit. And let's try, to, let's try to move the ball a little bit. Sounds like basketball, but let's try to move the ball and, you know, maybe – not rely on the three-run home run right. or the two-run home run? Yeah, I mean, just from watching from, you know, again, this is scrimmages, so it's you know, <laughs> things change when you get in the yeah. real games. But from what I've seen, that's probably the most encouraging thing. Because I'll be honest, I'm – right now, if, if you had to ask me what are you more worried about, I'm more worried about the lineup. Just, you know, there's a lot of new faces and a lot of guys have to prove themselves and a lot of guys that need to improve just mm-hmm. period from last year. But – the one thing I have liked is I feel like there's a lot more manufacturing of runs. I mean, like in the the inner the uh, scrimmage on Sunday. I mean, 
two or three times hit and run. I don't even remember the last time we saw wow. a hit and run last year. Yeah. And it was executed, which I mean, wow. thing of beauty, it looked like Evan Marzilli out there on the hit and run. I mean, it was just, if they're doing it in scrimmages, yeah. If they're doing the scrimmages, you better believe that Kings is going to put it on. Yeah. I think he's going to look to change his philosophy just a, just little, a little bit, yeah. especially with the players that are coming in, you know, not relying on um, TJ and uh, like Luke. Yeah, Berryhill, yeah. Yeah, Luke Berryhill, you know. Well, I think he realizes you got to cut down on strikeouts. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the yeah, – you yeah. just – you give yourself no chance when you can't put the ball in play, especially like we are talking, like on a Friday night. Like, bro, forget the home run. You need to be able to scratch across two or three. Yes. I mean, that, that's – you know what I'm saying? Like, you got a guy, again, like Hancock from Georgia. I just keep bringing him up because the stuff that he has is – he's probably going to be the number one pick. I mean, when you have a guy like that, bro, just find a way to get the bat on the ball and just put put pressure on the defense. You know what I mean? It's it's exactly make a productive out if nothing else. So, uh, you know, again, just talking about the pressures of SEC play. You know, I, I think this team. What what are you going to be looking for early on? Because you were on a team in 2010 that did not lose a midweek game. Which you think about that, it is pretty crazy. Like that. That's a. I don't think people appreciate that stat just how impressive that it is like the depth you guys had being able to lock yeah. in each and every single day um and, and I'm someone that it's funny Bobby you know doing this I fans are fans they're going to yeah. react however and a lot of people want to sure. jump off a ledge when you lose a midweek game and I, I try to I try to explain to people this is baseball like they've got the right guy throwing you can get beat anybody can beat anybody right. in college baseball yep. for sure but I do feel like I will say that with the SEC being so tough, I mean, I think there's like six of the top ten or SEC teams. You pretty much play them all. I right. mean, I feel like it's so pivotal early on, these non-conference series. Like, you got to take advantage. You just have to take advantage, build up confidence, win as many games as possible. I mean, is there one thing specifically, you know, just from an outsider's perspective, you're going to be looking for early on as far as I want to see this team maybe do this that they didn't do a year ago or do this to prepare for the grind of SEC play? Like, is there anything in particular that sticks out year that you want to see, I guess, from this team? Just taking care of business and the offense being different, like we talked about with the hit and runs. And, you know, maybe let's be a bunt for the hit team with the first two guys in the lineup instead of, you know, a backside double or, you know, a home run to lead off the game. <clears throat> let's, let's try to be – and, if, you know, Witt comes to mind again. People, people see Witt as the best hitter, but – the reason why Witt hit 330 every single year was he dropped the bunt down, whether it was right. in the first yep. inning or the ninth, to get that base hit and to put pressure on the third baseman. Put him, it's a college player. Put mm -hmm. pressure on him. Yeah. But once they get out of – once they take care of business, with a, which I think everybody – they'll take care of business and you know, during the midweek games as well. But how are we going to look on a Friday night game walking yeah. into Georgia? How are we going to – or Bandy or wherever we go? Mm -hmm. Do we have that chip on their shoulder? That we, do we have the arrogance that we had back in – 2010 I had it I know I had it. I didn't I, I like when the fans were you know were, were getting on us in 2010 you know, at Arkansas I was loving it so I was like <laughs> dude you keep it coming man keep it coming it's it's fueling you that's that's that's, that's how I felt so I'm going to look towards once again Carmen and Friday night to see how see how we see how we battle and even if we lose the Friday night game how do we lose that Friday right. night game yeah when we're healthy yeah because when we had injuries and we had – Yeah, there was you know, a lot of Friday nights last season where it was just not even competitive. I mean, it's, it's just it, – It's you know, hard to It felt put, like you never had a chance, really. I you mean, got Cam Tringali, you know, a walk-on who's doing the best he can. You know, right. he's, he's, he's just getting thrown into the fire. And he's starting on a Friday night, I think, or maybe on a Saturday. Yeah, when I mean, Reed's Danny Lloyd, a freshman, was starting on Friday. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> Reed did as well as he could. But, yeah, I mean, it's just tough when you don't have your true bona fide ace. I, I do want to move back to the pitching because – I think this is something really interesting with this team. And, again, he's not proven like this guy was. But you obviously played with, let's just call him the best closer in Carolina history, Matt Price. Mm -hmm. I think it would be unfair to call him anything else. But 
This South Carolina team this year, one thing I am excited about with the pitching for sure is the the back end of the bullpen. I mean, I think Tringali can be a big-time seventh-inning guy, but you got Graham Lawson and Danny Lloyd back there at the back end, which they haven't officially announced them yet, but I would be floored if that's not what it is. Right. So, yep. Graham Lawson coming back, didn't pitch at all last year, coming back from injury. I mean, he's a guy, he's been up to 95, the breaking ball. Needs to locate it better, but, I mean, the stuff is there. The mm -hmm. stuff's filthy. 95, though, from the right side. And then Danny Lloyd, he's been up to 95, 96 miles an hour. Wipeout slider. I, I guess, you know, I talked about what are the advantages, you know, as a player, whatever, knowing you've got your bona fide ace on the mound. How good does it feel as well, knowing that, you know, if you can scratch – because, you know, baseball, you play it in thirds, right? You play the first yep. three, the next three, the next three. You know, how much of an advantage is it to know that, you know, for you guys and for this team, hey, if we get a lead in the seventh or eighth, man, we've we got a guy that's going to come and shut the door. Yeah, it's over, I think. I mean, Reed Morgan was telling me that they are loaded. Yeah. So, that's coming from him, and he left. So, he's telling me that they still – they kind of reloaded reloaded his arm, I guess. But then the bullpen is, is amazing, and you got guys with experience. So, having injuries in that first – in that year last year – Gives Tringali the experience. Yeah. So that's dangerous yeah. now. He, he looks he looks a lot more comfortable. I mean, he just looks like a guy that's kind of, you, do, yep. you know, deer in headlights last year, more so like embracing the moment. Again, like you said, when we get at Vandy, at Jordan, we're going to really find out. But he just, from what I've seen, he looks a lot more comfortable. No doubt. Experience is a huge thing, and it takes me back to being a Juco player. You got experience coming in. Yes, you're a little scared of the SEC, but once you get used to it, you got you got years under your belt. So that's going to – that's going <clears> to <throat> You know, give him a lot more attitude, a lot more fire, you know, to come at you with. But um, yeah, it's pitching, pitching's everything. But Friday night, man, how are they, how are they gonna? Even if you if you play well on Friday night, when you lose, you're going to maybe intimidate Vandy right. on Saturday right. when they don't have Rocker anymore. Right. He already went Friday. Yeah. Even though we, they won three to two or four four three, whatever it was, Vandy's 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 gonna be a little maybe intimidated by mm -hmm. oh, this is a different South Carolina team. Yeah. They got they reloaded. Mm -hmm. They got their boy back on Friday. And their philosophy on offense maybe a little different. So. Right. And, and we haven't even mentioned him, but, I mean, Brett Carey on Saturday, a guy that was just dominant last year for you. I mean, the mm -hmm. best pitcher on your staff, I think he finished with like a 2-7 ERA or something. I mean, I just – you know, I think back to last year, remember, remember him specifically coming in and against Clemson and could have hit a gnat on the ass. He was just locating so yeah. so yeah. well. And yeah. you're like, who is this dude? And, obviously, again, Brett Carey turns out to be – one of your best, and it's going to be your, you know, going to be your Saturday starter this year. I, I want to talk to you about the JUCO thing because you mentioned that, you know, Kingston made the point this year's team is like 50-50 as far yeah. as like returners and then a mix of freshmen and JUCO. There's a there's a lot of JUCO guys. I mean, there and and I think I I agree with you <clears throat> that it's a it's a smart strategy by them because <clears throat> you can definitely tell the difference in my opinion at least. I mean, sometimes not the case, but. You can tell the difference, I feel like, a lot of times with these JUCO guys that they, they've seen, you know, more live action as far as the type of pitching you're going to see in SEC play. Yeah. Maybe not exactly the same thing, yeah. but, you know, you being a JUCO guy, just talk about, again, the, the, the advantages, I guess. I know, you know, a lot of these guys, it's going to be their first opening day for South Carolina on Friday. I mean, what's – you know, is it something – is there anything, I guess, that can prepare you for what they're going to experience on opening day in an SEC play? I mean, how much – I guess, how much is it the advantage of you already played junior college ball against, you know, yeah, that type the, of competition? The competition and the scrappiness is is already – it happened at the junior college level. So, you're coming right. into the SEC, you're like, oh, I've seen this before. But the the aura, the the 100-mile-an-hour arms that are right. polished and the 10,000 people in the stands, that's that can be a little <laughs> much for some players, right. especially in the first couple of series. So, that's going to take – you know, a little while getting used to with these junior college players that are coming in. But, 
yeah, the, we, we were just scrappy bunch coming in, you know, at a junior college facing the best players in Florida. I mean, right. Florida's got, you know. Oh, yeah, dude. Florida got, baseball yeah. is crazy. For those for those that don't know, I mean, it's like there's a lot of D2s. I think yeah. they're probably D, D, D1s. Yeah, and they're not, testing, they're not testing for a lot of uh, – a lot of uh, a lot of you know, substances, yeah, yeah, a lot of substances. <laughs> so you got some third basemen who look a little out of sorts, but yeah, just I think you know the competition. The Friday night, you're gonna see a guy, you know, 90, 90, 92, 94, um, you know, maybe some ninety five with a good all speed pitch, one pitch. But you know, that's every single that's every single Friday in the SEC. And then right. Saturday, you know, you think you can take it off, you know, day game. You're like, oh, maybe maybe guys eighty eight, ninety. No, SEC, <laughs> it's 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 yeah. ninety two, ninety four with the yeah. you know with the good with the good all speed pitch, good change up here and there. And then Sunday, maybe you can get a you know, get a guy that's sitting, you know, high, high 80s, low 90s. But SEC is, is it's no joke. So you better recruit and better be ready to go. Yeah, I feel like you're either – Sundays you're either getting a guy that's like, you know, the righty, high 80s, low, or you're getting that lefty that's just the right. – you know, just the, yep. the mid-80s, just <laughs> the looper, yep. the looper lefty. Um, I, I want to switch gears <laughs> a little bit and just talk about, you know, just your experiences as far as opening day. Again, it is opening day week, opening day coming up in three days. Just what was opening day – Again, we'll just directly relate it to you. What was it like for you? You know, you come in as a JUCO guy. You come in, obviously, to take the starting shortstop job. I mean, you know, that first opening day for you, just explain it. I mean, what were the emotions like? Were there any jitters? I mean, did you have any pregame routine you were doing to get ready? Like, what, what was the uh, you wanna, that day like? Yeah, you want to enjoy it. I mean, Darius Rucker was there singing the national anthem. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you're like, what is going on right now? I never – I never – I've only been in South Carolina for, you know, seven, eight months. But uh, you got – eight nine thousand cockies dancing on the dugout you're just trying to trying to get your head around all this you know coach tanner's yelling at you but uh it's just a game yeah. it's just a game man. Just, just get out there and and just play the game don't grip the ball so tight even though there's so <laughs> many people in the stands i think i capped the ball to the pitcher i went over three and capped the ball to the pitcher twice <laughs> so that obviously means i'm jumpy and i'm out in front right not letting the ball get deep so um just yeah, just control your emotions, man. Control your emotions, but that first one's always brutal. The first one's always tough because you're so jacked up. Right. Even though it's baseball, it's not a football game. You're just right. You're ready to go, but well, you've been you've been building up to it for what like seven. I mean, all we talked about. It. I mean, I made the joke like, thank God the scrimmages are over. Yeah. I mean, you've been building up to it for so long, and it's like you finally get to square off against somebody else. It's like thank <laughs> God. I mean, yeah, throwing a white NCAA pearl across the diamond. Oh yeah, at a hundred feet and. <laughs> having thousands of people look at you while you do it, well, yeah. it just it's just one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah. You know, especially when my strong suit was fielding. So it was just it's just fun. It's just fun. You gotta embrace it, man. You and you gotta you gotta think we're doing it for the fans. We're doing it for the community. This is what we live for. We're not getting any pro sport anytime soon. Yeah. So yeah. Boom. Well, Bobby, appreciate it, man. Season coming yeah. up. Uh Bobby, like I said, be on every single Tuesday. I, like I said before as well, I already announced the uh Spurs Up show opening day tailgate. Bobby will probably be swinging by as well. So be sure to come check him out. Say what's up. Yeah, man. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Thanks Many more me. weeks to come. The season's going to be very long, and Bobby's going to be with me every single week to break it down. So I do appreciate it, man. No problem. So, all right, perfect. So for Bobby Haney, I'm Chris Stoltz. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on the episode of the Story Dump Show.